Two juveniles missing for more than 50 years. It's an unsolved mystery that still puzzles investigators. An arrest is made in a cold case from 1989. And Bladen County is cracking down on drugs. These stories and more on episode 26 of Crime Time for Monday, July 30th on FayObserver.com. Featuring Fayetteville Observer Police and Crime Reporter Nancy McCleary. I'm Sonny Jones. On the podcast, we'll look at issues involving crime, courts, and public safety, highlighting stories in the news. And a reminder, anyone we discuss who has been charged with a crime is presumed innocent until found guilty in a court of law. Let's get started. It may be the oldest case in Cumberland County involving missing juveniles. It's been more than 50 years since 11-year-old Terry Lee Westerfield and his 7-year-old brother, Alan John Westerfield, were last seen. In its continuing series about unsolved mysteries in the Cape Fear region, the Fayetteville Observer and FayObserver.com will take a closer look at the case. The story will appear in the Sunday, August 5th edition of The Observer and online. The reporter for the story is Nancy McCleary, and she's here to talk about the case that has both baffled and fascinated law enforcement and amateur detectives for more than half a century. Nancy, nice work on this story. It certainly is an intriguing case indeed. Set the scene for us. Well, Terry and Alan were last seen on September 12, 1964, after their stepfather, Carl Max Bach, claimed to have taken them to the old Broadway theater on Hay Street. The boys were to see a Saturday double feature, No Name on the Bullet, starring Audie Murphy and The Atomic Man, a science fiction film. However, investigators in 1964 were unable to substantiate Bach's story. The case remains unsolved. I'm I'm sure it's not from from lack of effort over that time. What is the status of the investigation today? Well, one of the main issues in trying to solve the case is that most of the key players are dead. Um, Carl Ray Bach, the brother's biological father, Thomas Melville Westerfield, and their mother, Margie McDougald Crawford. Most of the investigators from that time also are, are dead or elsewhere. So what do investigators who are looking at this unsolved mystery today, because they are looking into it, what do they think happened back in uh, uh, 1964? Well, I spoke with retired Fayetteville Police um, Lieutenant Alex Thompson and Fayetteville Police Detectives Mike Ballard and Daniel Johnson, and they each tend to believe that the the brothers um the westerfield brothers are are dead um because there's not been anything found um and they each believe that the evidence points strongly toward carl max bach but bach denied any involvement in it until his death in 2016 So what have investigators learned about that Saturday, September 12th, 1964, when the Westerfield boys went missing? Well, Margie, um, the boy's mother, was at her job as a hairdresser, and she had a babysitter by the name of Barbara Temple who was staying with the boys that morning at their home in the Bordeaux neighborhood. Margie and Carl Bach had separated a few weeks earlier, and Bach was living on Fort Bragg. However, on September 12, 1964, 
Bach showed up at the family's house on Madison Avenue, and he told the babysitter, Barbara Temple, to leave. She had not been expecting him. Um, Bach later told investigators he took the boys to the movies about 4 p.m. Margie came home about 5.30 p.m. and found Bach inside the house. They argued about Bach sending the babysitter home and taking the boys to the movies. Margie later went out for the evening. Bach told police he returned to the Broadway Theater about 7.45 p.m. and waited for the boys to come out. He said he stayed until 9.30, till about 9.30, and the boys didn't come out, and he left. So he left without the boys. What happened next, do they believe? Well, Bach eventually returned to the Westerfield home on Madison Avenue, and he was there when Margie came home about 1 a.m., they argued over the circumstances of the day um, and the taking the boys to the movies. And Bach wondered if Margie had picked the boys up at the movies um, before she came home. But finally, at 2 a.m., Margie had heard enough. She called police and told them that her sons were missing. Wow. i tell you what. You've got me intrigued to read the rest of the story on Sunday. Again, it will be in the Sunday, August 5th edition of the Fayetteville Observer and online at fayobserver.com. Lots more to tell than we can do here on the Crime Time podcast. But, uh, you know, just listening to you, talking to you, it, it was a pretty interesting case. I don't know if it'll ever be solved, but certainly a lot of interesting things. It there. certainly is. On the topic of cold cases, Fayetteville Police announced on Monday, July 30th, an arrest has been made in a rape investigation that occurred on November 22nd, 1989. Antonio McNeil of Slater Avenue in Fayetteville has been charged with second-degree rape, second-degree sex offense, and first-degree kidnapping. Detectives had, of course, investigated the case in 1989, but were unable to solve it. Um, the case recently reopened was reopened by the Fayetteville Police Department's Cold Case Sexual Assault Unit. The sexual assault kit, which had been sent for DNA testing, um, actually it did not come back as a match. They were unable to match oh, it wow. with the database. And um, as I was told by uh, Lieutenant John Summerndike and Sergeant Sean Strepe, it was good old-fashioned police work that led them to make this arrest. McNeil, by the way, already was in the Cumberland County Detention Center on unrelated charges. You know, Nancy, correct me if I'm wrong, as, as I'm sure you will, but it, it seems authorities are making a more concerted effort to get these old sexual assault kits tested using today's uh, modern technology. Tell us a bit about the plan. Had some of these kits just been sitting in storage until uh, fairly recently? Um, actually, they were. Um when Harold Medlock was the chief of police, they discovered, and I forget how many hundred, but there were several um, cold case, well, sexual assault kits that had not been tested. Um, they wanted to test these and get justice for the victims, and they um, received funding through the Bureau of Justice um, National Sexual Assault Kit Initiative Grant. In 2015, they were awarded $363,000, and then in 2016, they received $793,372. And what this money is being is being used for is to test um, the DNA, uh, the sexual assault kits that had not been tested. And 
it's um, it's really a good thing because it's helping to bring justice to the to the victims, um, some of whom are still living around here. It and, is it is a good program. Well, and it also, um, I did not realize this, but it also part of that grant money is being used to help fund um, DNA uh, from testing on the sexual assault kits for the Spring Lake Police Department. Mm-hmm. Very well done. Very well done. Good to see those uh, kits being tested. Should have been done a long time ago, perhaps, but uh, better late than never. A man is dead and a woman is in custody for his murder following a shooting that happened on the evening of Sunday, July 29th at the Tropical Motel on Bragg Boulevard. The victim, 57-year-old Roger Jones, charged with first-degree murder, 43-year-old Taloria McDonald, both lived at the Tropical Motel. Tell us, Nancy, what happened in this case? Well, officers were called to the motel about 7.34 p.m. on Sunday, July 29th, after receiving a report that someone had been shot. Fayetteville police say that when officers arrived on the scene, they found Jones inside of a room. Um... He was taken to Cape Fear Valley Medical Center, where he was pronounced dead. And police did say that Jones and McDonald knew each other. Our next story, a suspect was shot and killed by Moore County Sheriff's deputies on Saturday, July 28th. The victim was identified as 33-year-old Arthur Kenzie Garner. No deputies were injured. Give us the details here. Well, Moore County Sheriff Neil Godfrey said that deputies were responding to a domestic incident about 2.50 a.m. Soon after arriving, um, Garner began shooting at deputies, and Sheriff Godfrey said the deputies returned fire and Garner was killed. It's reported that two sheriff's office deputies and an officer from the Pinehurst Police Department fired shots during the incident. Pinehurst Police Chief Earl Phipps And Sheriff Godfrey said the officers have been placed on administrative leave and the State Bureau of Investigation will investigate the shooting. And both actions are standard procedure in any officer-involved shooting. Well, Nancy, you remember Genesis Lee Whitted Jr.? That name strike a bell? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for uh, quite some time, he was deemed priority number one by Fayetteville in Cumberland County law enforcement authorities. He was the leader of the Addicted to Money Bloods gang that operated in Fayetteville. That's according to the Office of the U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of North Carolina. He was sentenced in May to 35 years in federal prison for drug trafficking. Now, why bring up his name, you ask? Well, one of his family members was in the news last week. That would be his father, Genesis Lee Whitted Sr. of Elizabethtown. He was charged with selling and delivering cocaine, conspiring to sell and deliver cocaine, manufacturing cocaine, possession of cocaine, and possession of cocaine with intent to manufacture, sell, or deliver. Bladen County Sheriff James McVickers said that Whitted Sr. was one of three people arrested as part of a crackdown on heroin, opioids, cocaine, and methamphetamine. It's interesting you should uh, mention that. In, uh, in fact, in, in another case, Bladen Lawman seized nearly a half pound of heroin, $3,400, an AK-47 semi-automatic pistol last week after searching two storage units in Dublin. The sheriff's office said the estimated street value of the drugs was $24,000. The heroin was packaged and stored in mason jars. Now, the sheriff's office were looking for four people in connection with the search. At last report, I heard two of those had turned themselves in. 
Bladen County, you know, Nancy is really no different than, than anywhere else. We're not trying to point the finger at them as far as dealing with an increase in illegal drugs. We see it all over the Cape Fear region, all over the country, mm-hmm. in fact. Um, Sheriff McVicker spoke about that last week. He noted the spike in the number of people his department is arresting for heroin, methamphetamine, and cocaine sales. And it was interesting that he mentioned part of the problem is that more people are now turning to these types of drugs to get high because prescription drugs are not so readily available in the area. Yeah, it is uh, more difficult to get them uh, over or get them in large quantity Correct. over the counter than it was a few years ago and, and you know fentanyl also is a problem in the region we've discussed that before we saw the effects of that drug recently when a fable police officer inhaled fentanyl during a search of a home and well they could have died if, if not treated immediately oh, yeah let's turn to the crime blotter Joseph Clifford Leggett, a former civilian employee of the Southern Pines Police Department, has been arrested on 59 offenses that include embezzlement, obstruction of justice, and illegally assessing computers. A routine internal audit in July 2017 found irregularities involving money in the property and evidence division that needed more investigation. Leggett was suspended from his job at that time, according to a news release. He was fired in August 2017. Two more teenagers have been charged in the June slaying of Kyle Jarrett in Lillington. The Harnett County Sheriff's Office charged LaDondra Jalen Guy and Jordan Jackson with first-degree murder, among other charges. Alkeen Hare of Fayetteville has been charged with first-degree murder in the fatal shooting of Nakisha Washington on July 16th. Akeem McKeever had been charged earlier in the case. The shooting took place about 9.50 p.m. on the 16th of July when Washington was shot at her home. And a 68-year-old woman who found James Doherty breaking into her storage building shot him five times after he lunged at her, the Robinson County Sheriff's Office said. The woman was not being identified. The shooting happened July 20th, about 6.40 p.m. in St. Paul's. The woman said she came home, heard a noise inside the storage building, so she opened the door, looked inside, and saw Doherty standing in a corner. That's when he lunged at her, and she shot him with a twenty-two caliber gun, according to authorities. I understand that they were non-life-threatening injuries. That's it for episode 26 of Crime Time for Monday, July 30th. Nancy, this is six months, half a year. We have now been doing Crime Time. I'm amazed. I'm amazed, too. We welcome your comments and suggestions for crime time. (laughs) And you can reach me, Nancy McCleary, by email at nmccleary, that's McCleary with two C's, at fayobserver.com or on Twitter at fo underscore McCleary. And you can reach me, Sonny Jones, by email at sjones at fayobserver.com or on Twitter at fo sonny jones again thanks so much for listening hope you'll tune in next time for the next edition of crime time